0: Shiana. Medical disclaimer. The advice that I'm sharing is based on my experience as a licensed massage therapist and an active participant in alternative healing practices. The advice is for educational and informational purposes only. While it may be useful to some, be smart about it. Talk to a healthcare provider before trying out some of these practices. Are we live now? Is this thing on? Are we? Oh, hey! hey, Hi! Hey! It's Shiana. How are you? Welcome back. Welcome me back. Um, It is August, and I'm so fucking glad we got through cancer season, because that, uh, that one was rough. Um, I am an earth sign, and if you are not familiar with astrology, um, the way I like to break it down to people is, if you have no idea what anything about astrology entails just take it down to the elements right so there's earth signs there's fire air and water and as an earth sign when you throw me in water what happens mud fucking mud right so (laughs) I I've just felt like I was in mud for quite some time but now we're we're in fire season so I got all the energy I have all of the information to talk about all the time like I'm at a place right now where I can't stop talking about the shit that I know and not to be like egotistical. Like I know everything because I know I don't know everything, but like I want to talk about all the things that I do know. So what a better way to jump into my podcast, right? Yay. And also this gives me time to like actually be into it. I'm not going to put myself into any activity, into any work, if I'm not, if I'm not feeling it. That's just, that's, it is what it is. And I also have a Leo moon. And for those not familiar with that, um, it's a very creative energy. So when I'm in my creating space, I am good. Like you can leave me alone for hours and I will get lost in it. But if I am not in that space, then just, just leave me be, just leave me be. Um, but I do things other than podcasting to create. I do, you know, I had, I put up a post about this earlier. I do actually make time to create sometimes because I get in this like real funk if I'm not doing it. And I actually encourage other people to do that as well. Um, You know, as adults, especially, I don't have kids yet. I don't know how many of my listeners have kids, but hell, even those with kids, you still don't all the way remember to play sometimes. You play with your children. But, you know, as adults, we still need to play, like, without alcohol, too. <laughs> Let me put that part out there, too. Um, And I know that there's men out there that play their video games. But, you know, even outside of the video games, and I might have women that listen to video games, too. Let me not discriminate. Um But outside of the video games, I still believe you should make time to tap into that inner child to tap into that childlike nature and just play, you know, get out of coloring. You can go to the Dollar Tree and get a coloring book. Um, I got, I have one of those little spirograph things that, you know, were big in the, I guess, the 80s or early 90s. Um, and I got that at the Dollar Tree. And I know a lot of you listening had one of those at some point, or maybe a sub, I feel like I stole the one that we did have for my, for my older siblings at the time. Um, but either way, please make time to play. It is an important part of, um, of, your, of your life, but it's definitely an important part of your healing journey. And it seems, you know, like a little dumb thing to do. Um, like, I don't, she ought to tell me to go play. Like, that's stupid. But no, there really is. If you want to Google it, you know, Google it if you want. If you want to look up research, research all you want. But there is healing in making time to play. But anyway, enough on that. Since we are speaking about healing, uh, one of the things that I said I would discuss that I've been putting off because, you know, honestly, I think I've blacked some of it. <laughs> I think I've blacked some of it out. And if if you're following the holistic psychologist, she speaks on this on how sometimes blocking out memories is a, is a way to protect you from the trauma in your life. So I remember thinking about, you know, I need to talk on this, I need to tell them this story one day. But then I was trying to kind of rehash the events. And a lot of it, it's almost like I forgot about it. So trauma. Um, But on that note, let me tell you guys about the time I lost my mind. Or like, Almost lost my mind because I was medicated, right? So before I got into massage therapy school, before I even started studying massage, I was working at a hospital. And I mean, I went to college for a couple of years, wasn't into it. I did study communications, shockingly. Um, but I did a little over two years in college. And then, you know, I was like, you know, I just I just needed a job job to pay my bills while I sort out what I want to be when I grow up. Um, you know, I entertained doing event planning, I entertained, I won't even give you the list, I entertained a whole lot of career paths. Um, because again, I i don't feel like whatever testing they did in high school, and whatever meetings you had with your guidance counselor really did prepare you for real life, for what you may want out of life for what career you may want for what things that you were interested in studying, because you know, school I wasn't interested in all the way, for sure. Not the stuff it was teaching. um, And not the way that I was learning, actually. That's a whole nother topic. But anyway, um, so I decided this is when I I was living in Charleston, because I was at College of Charleston, and I moved back to Columbia, um, because I had a crazy roommate, won't get into that either. Um, So it was either try and figure out how to pay my rent there, or move back to Columbia and live with my mom for a bit until I sorted out my life, right? So, God, what was I, 23, 20, somewhere in there, right? 22, I don't know, it feels like forever ago now. But anyway, so I moved back to Columbia and I get a job at a hospital here. And it's it's like good pay. It's good pay considering I don't have a degree yet. Um, I have plenty of experience in, uh, you know, like secretary, like work, um, data entry and whatnot. And this always threw me off. I got paid more than the, uh, what are they called? Nurse techs. And that used to throw me off because I wasn't dealing with, you know, fecal matter or human fluids and, and people cussing me out and stuff in the back. But I did work in the ER. So, you know, when you think back on why different careers were in your life or why certain things took place, this is one of those moments that I'm like, oh, I was, I was working at the hospital so I could learn how hospitals worked. So I could see what worked, what didn't work, how things moved along, yada, yada, yada. So I was working at the hospital and I had a boss from hell. Like, I don't know if I need to slow that down to say it again or for you to understand just how serious it was. I had a boss that made me question a whole lot of things in my life. And, you know, now there's so many tests out to study your personality and there's so much research that I've done and self-awareness that I've done over the years, you know, just to see what I'm into, what, how I tick, you know, and... I have a lot of time alone, so there's plenty of time to study myself, right? And in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have been an employee anywhere, but you don't know that when you don't know it, right? So I, based on my human design, we can throw that out there, based on my human design, I am a role model hermit. I am here to do what I want and for other people to be like, hey, look at her doing that. That's interesting. I want to know more about it. That's what I'm here for. Um, So being an employee, being told what to do, being boxed in, clocking in, wearing a uniform, all of that really, really does not, it's not for me. It's not for a lot of people. So strike one already. I won't even count the strikes because there was just a lot going against me, but I didn't know at the time. So I, this boss, guys, um, I got to think of a name for her let's call her Julia. If you're not familiar with Julia, um, there's that movie Horrible Bosses with Jennifer Aniston. She's Julia. Um, So Julia really just did not like me. That's the only way I can put it. And I would tell people that she didn't like me. And those that worked with me knew she didn't like me. And those friends of mine that I could tell these stories to also knew she didn't like me. And to put things into perspective, Julia was uh, an older Black lady. She used to work in a a prison, uh, so I'm really not sure how she was working in customer service and over people. But I'm big on grammar. I always have been. I've always spoken well, and I've always been articulate and an I know how to enunciate my words, look at me stumbling on on the words as I'm talking shit, right? But I've always been that person. So if I have a boss that sends me emails with grammatical errors, I'm already questioning some things, right? So she used to do that all the time. Um but also she would just oh, make my life a living hell. Uh there was one time I got I got a, like a a gift because what I did in that department at the time was when people were, were leaving for, when they were leaving the ER, I was the one that was supposed to collect money and um, check their information, check their insurance, maybe put them on a payment plan, that kind of thing, right? And I was one of the highest collectors in the department. Like, yay me. Look at me doing my job well, effectively. And so there was one time that I got called into the office because, yay, look at you, the highest, the highest collector. Let's gift you this. It was like a, a coffee thermos with my initials on it or something. And I think movie movie, ti- movie tickets. But it was like one movie ticket. Like how, first of all, that's fucked up. You're just going to give me, you don't think I want to go to the movies with anybody? So one movie ticket and a coffee thermos thing. Um, and then in that same meeting... I, like, after all of the other employees, my coworkers left, they were like, Shiana, could you stay behind for just a moment? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I thought I was about to get, like, another pat on the back or maybe, like, another gift because I was such a great employee. Do you know that this woman called me into the office to write me up? Let me tell you why she tried to write me up. You hear I said tried, right? Because I had to talk to somebody else about this. But I'm... She wanted to write me up because I was requesting off too much. I was requesting off too often or some bullshit, right? So let me explain why I was requesting off too much. Every time I put in a request to take some time off with the PTO that I had in the bank, she denied it. And then I'd say, okay, well, let me pick another day. And I would request that day, she'd deny it. And I'd ask, hey, you know, what's what's wrong with the days that I'm requesting? You know, I'm not really sure. Like, I'm trying to make plans to do things. And honestly, like, there were some days I didn't really have plans. I just wanted to take a fucking day off and deny, deny, deny. And whenever I asked her about it, you know, and I'm not big on confrontation anyway. So me, like, going to this... Also, this was like a large lady, not just like big, like not not obese, but she's like tall in stature, very large, um, build. So, like, if I were in a cartoon or something and she were the villain, she definitely looked the part. So, um, I talked to her, you know, like why why is my time keep getting denied? And she said something like, you know, oh, maybe we don't have the coverage or it's not a good time or something. So me being the role model that I am, because in this lifetime, I'm here to fix things up because things aren't working a certain way. <laughs> Again, I know this about me now, but I looked at how things weren't working and I said, okay, well, and at the time I was working third shift. So a lot of times third shift wasn't even that busy depending on what was going on outside, but how many people are really going to the ER in the wee hours of the morning, right? You're usually going in the daytime or the afternoon, maybe even evening, but a lot of people aren't checking out between the hours of 11 p.m. and 7 a.m. in the ER. So there were two employees working that shift. Really, you just needed one person for checkout sometimes. You know, if there was gonna be a line, she could tend to the line, people could wait their turn before they checked out, no big deal. But me being this great employee that I am, you know, I even found coverage. I was able, I was like, somebody could switch shifts with me or somebody could work my shift because, you know, they volunteered. Because again, I got along with everybody, great employee, just not to this lady, not not to Julia. And um, I um I did all of those things. Like I did all of the work that she should have done as my supervisor. I did it for her because I wasn't trying to hear her excuses for why I couldn't take time off. And not only did she try to write me up for taking too much time off that she kept denying, but the write-up reason was, like, insubordination. <laughs> insubordination! Let me, give you, let me give you the definition real quick of insubordination. And, like, it's funny now. It was not funny at the time. Insubordination. Defiance of authority. Refusal to obey orders. Well, no shit, right? Like, I'm not going to listen to these ridiculous orders when I've given you a solution, that you keep not listening to. So I um, I don't know what the term was, for, was called. Like I challenged the write-up or whatever you want to call it, and I took it to the higher power because, you know, there was a whole chain of command to follow. So I went to HR with it, talked to whoever I was supposed to talk to, and they even kind of looked at it like, yeah, okay, this, yeah, she can't do that. She can't do that. And they even questioned, like, how did she try to give you a gift for being a great employee in the same meeting, call you to the side to give you a write-up for refusal to obey orders? (laughs) Like, none of this makes sense. So at some point in this span at at the hospital, um, there were several instances like this. Right. And I would talk to coworkers. The coworkers couldn't stand her, but nobody was like talking to anybody else about how horrible she was. Uh, So at some point, I felt like the little boy who cried wolf because I was like, all right, I know I'm not the only one unhappy. All these other coworkers are miserable too. All of them are also saying that she's like just this terrible person. Um, Let me not say terrible person. She was a terrible boss. And nothing's changing. And then they'd say, well, I'm not going to say anything because nothing's going to change. And I was like, what? No, no, you're supposed to say something to make things change. <laughs> and my mom used to say that working at this place was the firm, because if you weren't in with the higher ups, just right, then you could get in the firm that killed you off in the movie. But if you were, you see, I'm still here. I didn't get killed off. But if you weren't in the, in the circle of the higher ups in this space, then what you had to say did not matter. And clearly I need to be in a place where my voice is heard, where my opinions matter, where where what I have to say needs to be heard. And clearly this was not the space for it. So it came to a point where I was going to work, um, again, putting on this terrible uniform, going to work miserable, and I would have this severe anxiety come over me every day. Every time I went to work, I was like, what am I going to do wrong today? What is she going to try to write me up for today? And by this time, when I was working in this space, I had actually already moved out of my mom's. And I had, this was the first time that I had my own apartment I just started paying a car note, like I had real adult bills. And my mom wasn't going to be paying my bills for me. She didn't have it like that to be like, oh, well, if you lose your job, I got you. I know some people have that um, privilege. I was not one of them. So I was like, if I get fired, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. I'm not going to be able to pay my car note. I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to be on the I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to have to go back to my mom's. Like all of this went through my head daily. Every time I went to work, it felt like what's going to happen next? What's she going to get me for today? And it would just, it was like I was on eggshells all the time. I remember one time because the uniform that we had to wear was basically like a collared shirt, like a white collared shirt, black pants or something like that. And I had on, you know, the collared shirt. Or, no, I had on, like, a V-neck cut shirt or something like that. And because it was a V-neck style, and because I'm not part of the itty-bitty titty committee, I was like, you know, let me wear this little camisole under it, just in case. I don't want to hear what she has to say. So I wear this camisole just to make sure that my titties aren't exploding everywhere. And it's like a nude color cami, so it almost blended in with my skin. And... I still, (laughs) the fact that I remember this, again, trauma, Um, but this is the trauma that you can't remember, just because it was so petty, it was always petty things, and I had on this this shirt combo one day, and I guess she was making sure that I didn't have a titty explosion, and she, like, called me to the side, like, hey, Shiana, can you, oh, like, I guess she saw my camisole up close, and was like, oh, okay, never mind, I I thought, I thought um, your shirt was... And I just kind of gave her the, the look, like, you thought what? You thought what? And it was just... it. There came a point even where it almost seemed to be like, like I was a step ahead of her because I just knew every time I went to work, she was out to get me. And, I mean, there was a rumor that she didn't like me because she thought I was um, dating the... Uh, an employee there that she was interested in, who, by the way, had no interest in dating her. But that was the rumor. That was the rumor. And I used to tell that employee she doesn't like me because she thinks we're a thing. And he didn't believe me. He didn't believe me till after I had to after I had to leave. And I tried to find a job so many times, like I was applying everywhere. All the time. The fact that I remembered my driver's license number, and if you've applied for a million jobs at, at the same time, you already know. At some point, you start, and this is before the whole autofill thing was able to happen on, on the MacBook. Um, or maybe. Yeah, this was before that advanced technology. Um, so I remembered my driver's license number because that's how often I was applying to jobs. Um, I. Went to my physician at some point, and I told her, um, you know, I'm I'm coming to work, and I just I don't I don't know how to feel, and I just like burst into tears, and like you guys, I'm a very joyful person, and I say that all the time. I'm a happy person by nature, and you know I know that I'm a sensitive person. I feel other people's emotions, and I have control of that now. But I didn't know at the time just how sensitive I was to other people's energies and emotions. So that may have also played a part because, again, I was working in an ER. But that just amplified the fuck shit that she was up to all the time. So I go to this physician and I'm telling her, like, you know, every time I come to work, I'm fighting tears. Sometimes I am crying when I'm coming to work. I'm a happy person. I don't know what's going on. Um, I just I can't stop it. And like I don't want to be crying at work. Do you hear how this sounds? Like I don't want to be crying at work, but I know I need to come to work. So she gave me medication. She prescribed me Wellbutrin, um, which is an antidepressant. And I still remember like hearing it labeled as an antidepressant. I felt I don't know like a bit of shame about it. Like I'm not depressed. I don't want to be on an antidepressant. I'm not depressed. And I kept saying that, like, I'm not depressed. I know I'm not depressed. I know I'm not depressed. I don't want to be on this medication. But when I tell you, like, that is the only thing that was getting me through that moment, those those days, um, it it didn't change. Like, it didn't make me this new, like, upbeat personality or anything, but it numbed. <laughs> it numbed me. It numbed everything that, that I was trying to suppress. Um, it numbed the rage, it numbed the sadness, it numbed the hope, like it just numbed me. And, you know, maybe that's, I won't, I won't even say maybe that's what I needed at the time, because now I know so much about alternative healing therapies. Um, But in that moment, in that space, because of what I was going through, that's what I needed. And I remember talking to my mom about it. And, you know, we joke in the black community about how black people don't, don't do therapy and how black people don't believe in therapy. But my mom is, she's British, but her parents are Irish. And for though I mean, you know, the stereotypes of Irish are usually drunkards, right? Like that's how, if anything, my grandfather self-medicated. And when you look at family history, <laughs> my grandmother was on volume all the time. So clearly if there was mental health disorders within the family, That's how they were self-medicating. Cheers to generational curse breaking, by the way. I am am here to say it. I am one of them. Um, But they were self-medicating with alcohol and pills. So when it came to me talking to my mom about how I was feeling and how I just, I was crying all the time and how I didn't know what to do, she wasn't the person to talk to about it. And I love her dearly but she's from a different generation and they didn't take medication to feel better. You know, like she was okay with taking Motrin if you had a headache, but that was it. Like she was not into medication. She didn't want to take medication for her anxiety. And she does have severe anxiety. That's still a debate these days. Um, But talking to her about it wasn't getting me anywhere. And she was not the one that recommended that I talk to my physician about it, by the way, just so you know that. Um, I was the one that made that decision that I needed help outside of what was happening. Um, they offered at the hospital; they had like an employee, some sort of employee program where if you were experiencing difficulties at work, you could basically get free therapy. But again, I was I felt like I was working at the firm. It felt like a setup. It felt like if if I talked to them about anything, that they were they were going to share it with with my superiors so I really just felt trapped. I felt like I couldn't get out of that space. And I felt like there was nobody in that space to talk to about it. Um, so Wellbutrin got me through it. Um, and I remember <laughs> I remember shortly after I was prescribed Wellbutrin, this, this is how I know, this is how my life is set up, guys. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer in law of attraction. And maybe because I was so paranoid about seeing people that I worked with, I remember I called in maybe the day after I was prescribed that medication. That's that feels right. Again, I've blacked out some of these moments, but that feels right. Um, And I didn't go to work. And I remember a couple of my friends were like, you know, trying to cheer me up. Let's get you out of the house. Why don't we go for a drink? Granted, you're not supposed to take uh, these kinds of medications and drink alcohol, but um, talk to your physician about that, not me. And so I go to, I think we just went to Carolina Ale House. Nothing crazy. It wasn't a wild night. But do you know that I ran into some people? I didn't run into them and they saw me. Um, but people from HR, you know, people that I had been cl- complaining to, um, to them about this lady, about Julia. I saw them at Carolina Ale House the day I called in sick. And so, I mean, I'm probably just like a little raindrop in this ocean of employees at this place. So I don't even really know if it mattered that they saw me because then again, I did have some memorable presence with all the visits I made to HR. But I ran into people from HR the day I called in sick. Um, So fast forward, (laughs) I don't even remember how I left there. I just, I remembered I was able to put in my two weeks at some point. I found another job with less pay. That's, that's how excited I was to get the fuck out of there. I took on a job that paid me less just to get out of that hellhole, hole. Um, and all of that to say, like, your peace, there is no price for it. You cannot pay me enough to go back to a situation like that. And it made me think, because I hear people complain, especially in the online space, you know especially now i don't even know how so many people are surviving going back to work in the office when a lot of people have been working from home for the last year so prayers to you but i question you know what what would it take with all the complaining that you do about your job what what does it take for you to just be like all right this is too much this is enough like it's not worth it it's not worth my sanity it's not worth my peace to continue living like this, to continue to be this unhappy. Because even in my situation, I was medicated to get me through it, right? But, like, in the big picture, you shouldn't have to be put on medication to continue to go to work. That seems like a setup. That seems like that seems like not the way to live and not even just to go to work. I feel like you shouldn't be put on medication to do things that you don't want to do. You know, like... <laughs> And I've shared with you guys now, like, I haven't taken Adderall since December of last year, and there's times, like, this last month even, as I've been mud, like I said, I've missed Adderall, I won't lie, Um, but if anything, the Adderall helped me to achieve things that I did want to do, (laughs) and in hindsight, whenever I was prescribed Adderall, um, they even said that I may have gone undiagnosed with, uh, ADHD because of the Welbutrin, because sometimes they use Wellbutrin to address ADD and ADHD. Um, so just throwing that little tidbit in, but, uh, yeah, that's my story of how, how I, uh, almost lost my mind. I did lose it for a little bit, actually. Like there was a time just because I was constantly crying. Um, even I had a talk with one of my friends recently, And she, she brought up this time period in my life. She was like, you know, I was worried about you for a a while. And I was like, what, when? And she was like, oh, you know, back when you were working at the hospital. And I was like, girl, I was worried about me too. Shit. You don't think I was worried about me? Because I didn't know what to do, honestly. Like, and it's, I don't, I don't even know if it's like a, I don't want to say it's a black community thing because again, my mom is very white, just different culture wise. Um, but i don't know i don't know if it was the shame in asking for help likely um but don't don't be afraid to ask for help please especially if your mental state is is shambly <laughs> i don't even want to use the word shambly if your mental state is in question if you are crying constantly and you can't shake it if you are Having panic attacks before you go to these spaces, like that is your inner being. That is your your signal that it's not the space for you. It's not where you're meant to be. And, and you got to figure out where to be instead. So take it from me. There is no shame in asking for help. Uh, and hopefully you have people in your circle now that you can ask for references for help. If you don't want to just go out on your own and ask, uh, also I'm a really good resource. Uh, if I can't help you, I know somebody who can. But nobody should have to go to work. Nobody should have to go anywhere and feel that way. Um, it's no, there's no, there's no reason for that. You are here to be happy. You are here. It is your birthright to be happy, and you should go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. That sounds like some shit Shiana says. Seriously, though, and I mean not just career-wise, in any relationships, too. If you are not being celebrated by your friends, by your significant other, by – your if you are not being celebrated, go somewhere that you are going to be celebrated. Simple as that. But anyway, um, next up on the show, uh, we have craniosacral therapy. If you've never heard of that, it's a really good – interview um, and the benefits of that, especially with the C word that's going around. Um, I think, I don't know if I just need to bring on more, more guests that have therapies that can um, help with recovery of the C word, or that's the direction it's going, but I'm not sure. But it is an option in the future uh, with the C word. For some alternative therapies, um, so I do want to I do want to touch on those in the future on here because we still don't know enough about the c word out there, and I don't think we've tapped into just how much it's going to affect us long term, um, our nervous systems, our mental states, and the trauma that it's causing currently. Right, so. Tune in for that. Uh, and personally, in my life currently, uh, also Reiki one-on-one sessions. I still have those available. Um, I have Reiki classes available. You can reach out to me if you have questions about those. And I'm still doing Human Design readings. There's still merchandise on Shiana.com. Uh, I've I've been doing some podcast interviews elsewhere. So I'm on the. All about nothing podcast with Barrett, Zach, and Trent. You can catch me on there. I also just did a podcast interview with Luna and she has lunar conversations. So you can check me out on there as well. Uh all that being said, I, I think you're all caught up. I think that's that's all there is to know right now. So if you're not already following me on Instagram. Uh, that's where you can reach me. You can also message me at go to heal at Shiana.com with any questions. And that's it for now. Be sure you drink your water, especially right now with the energy that is outside. Y'all wear your masks, please. And I know I say meditate and hydrate every time I'm on here, but just, just a reminder, meditating helps your nervous system meditation helps your nervous system. Meditation helps your nervous system. Meditation helps your nervous system. Okay. So there's so much, again, that we don't know about the C word, but what I do know is that it affects your nervous system. Meditation helps your nervous system. Do you understand? I hope you got it. So meditate and hydrate. Um, And that's all there is to say today. Take care and I will see you next time. Bye.